Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, every day we trawl through the newspapers here in News Talk, but often there's so many great stories from the regional papers that never make the headlines. So today, as part of our new regional roundup, Breakfast Briefing presenter Shane Beatty has picked out some of the best stories that you might have missed this week. First of all, Shane, tell me what's happening in County Clare. Yeah, I tell you, there's cracking stories in the papers as well that we don't get to a lot of the time. So we'll begin with Clare, first of all, and this is the Irish Independent, which tells us that there's an extraordinary species of fossil sponge, which you have to Google, because I had no clue what, what this was. That, right, <laughs> uh, we're told it's important because it goes back to a time when Ireland and Clare were located close to the equator, and uh, it's been discovered in the rocks that make up the cliffs of Moher. Now, apologies to the archaeologists out there, because the name I know I'll make a hames of. But Go on, chances. Cyathopicus Bellori. I know that's totally wrong. Say it with conviction, nobody <laughs> doubts you shouldn't be. But anyway, it's 315 million years old, this wow. sponge. It's up to 50 centimetres tall and is the largest known example of its kind anywhere in the world. And the experts are so excited about this. It was found by Dr. Eamon Doyle, who's a geologist from the Burn and Cliffs of Moher Geopark there. But the experts he's told about it say they're amazed to see the size and excellent state of preservation of this fossil and it was totally unexpected. So, what like what are they going to do with it? They are going to. It's apparently very interesting to find out how different sponges are formed and how they survive in specific environments. So it's usually not around this side of the world at all. So they'll be doing lots of examinations of it. I'm not sure we'll be able to go in and have a hawk at it, but it'll be important <laughs> for research in years to come as well. Big news this week: Ryan Tuberty is back on the airwaves. Um, he's broadcasting from the UK, but but also here at home in Ireland. Some down in Cork aren't happy about this. Yeah, it really shows that all news is local. So obviously Ryan Tuberty has been dominating the headlines since last summer. But now in Cork, uh, a lot of people giving out that a Cork radio station uh, has decided to have the time slot for one of its apparently most popular shows. The show is called Oldies and Irish, presented by Derry O'Callaghan on 96FM. And it used to air from 10am until 2 on a Sunday. But now it's been cut in half, so it'll go on air from 12 until 2 and those two hours are going to be filled by a show presented by Ryan Tuberty as part of his Virgin Deal. Now, fans in Cork very upset by this. Uh, they describe Oldies and Irish as an institution. And even there's some politicians mm. getting involved oh, in this really? too. Yeah. So we have uh, Cork Sinn Féin councillor Mick Nugent among those speaking out about the scheduling changes. We also have an advocate for the elderly, Paddy O'Brien, saying that the show provides an extremely valuable service to older people in particular. So it seems Seems like this came as a huge shock to loyal listeners of the show. Um, four, to, four hours is a long radio show. It is a long one. Yeah, lots you of know? requests apparently in people. Okay, in on hospital. a Sunday, I'm probably yes. thinking it's probably. Yeah, I don't mean hospital requests, but you know, it's it probably it's. Uh, I wonder does the oldies and Irish maybe it's in the mm. in the title. Um, it's not just the station, the presenter, but as you say, there's the actual listeners and, and politicians yes. in Cork uh, who, not who happy about it every Sunday, and particularly maybe of an older generation as well, who this would be a lifeline to them. Have you, did you hear any of Tubbs during the week? I did, yes, I heard the first Well, Well, I mean, it's a lot of waffle. It's three hours of waffle. Obviously on Radio 1, the nature of his show was... who? What show isn't? I know, well, exactly. (laughs) But for his Radio 1 show, like the first half hour was a lot of waffle. This is now trebled, so it's three hours of waffle. 
I, it's good. It's absolutely very good. The only thing I would say is he's very focused on Ireland. All the texts reading out seem to be from Irish people or expats from Ireland. So uh, he'll have a challenge maybe to get along the British listeners because it's very Irish focused yeah. at the moment. I haven't heard any of it except for one or two clips that I saw online or on Instagram. Mm. He was talking about his love of books. And, yes, it, yeah. it's also all about Ryan. So it's all about yeah, his interests and, and uh, his nerdy side. <laughs> good stuff. Um the sale of Kerry's Connor Pass. I was actually in Dingle over the weekend. Um, we drove past the the sign, the sign, the directional signs for Connor's Pass. What's going on? Nobody's interested. No, so the Kerry man is reporting this. So five months ago, we heard that the Connor Pass was going to be put up for sale. And you're right, it's absolutely gorgeous down there. It's, it's a, a fabulous area. part of the world. Like, and I, I say this to somebody from Donegal, you know, <laughs> and like... I know. But, and I know everybody in Donegal always says, all of the tourists are all, you know, they get off Dublin Airport and they're directed on a bus straight to Kerry. And True. Donegal never gets a look in. But... It is fabulous. It's stunning. Ah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. It's now, I've been the there world. on a few foggy days. It's not as nice, but on sunny days... The yeah, well, that's gorgeous. what happened. We were meant to go for a drive, actually, and... God, that's such a country thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But we were down there and we were kind of killing time and we were going to go for a little spin about. I'm sure the weather... like it, The weather is worse than Donegal. That's the one thing I will say. Yeah. It was atrocious. Yeah, particularly no a foggy day. drive it anywhere. You can see a thing. But on a sunny day, it's beautiful <laughs> and you do kind of think it's incredible that people could actually buy this or own this. Anyway, so five months ago, we heard that Connor Pass was going to be put up for for sale, it's owned by an American. Still no buyer, according to the Kerry man. We have had pleas, uh, we've covered this even here on News Talk as well, from TDs and councillors for the government to buy the land. But auctioneer Mike Kennedy said, well, there's been huge interest, mainly from the international market, including the US. There's still no buyer for the scenic location. And the auctioneer says that there's been no contact from the government to purchase the land. Now, you may remember at the time, Leo Radker has indicated that the government would be interested. The auctioneer says he's heard absolutely nothing from the government. Leo Radker did say the price tag kind of 10 million, I think between 7 and 9,000 euro per acre. They weren't going to buy it at that price, but apparently no interest from the government, certainly to this auctioneer. So if you have a spare 10 million, uh, you <laughs> can buy the Connor Pass right now. Um what what is the land like? What a huge portion of it is zoned for forestry, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, there's not much you can do. You know what with bang it. for your buck? You it, get. Yeah, it kind of has shades of the field as well, and about I own this field and the Americans coming in. There's not a lot you can do with the land, and this is why people are saying let the government buy it to protect it, to preserve it, to protect our forests. I'm not sure what sort of planning permission you get for any work down on Connor Pass, but uh, for some reason the government quite reticent to put in a bid. It would seem. Okay. Um, from Kerry to Dundalk. Hmm. It's all about graffiti and murals. What's going on? It is, yes. This is the Argus newspaper in Dundalk reporting and another name I'm going to struggle to pronounce, the Rohingya de Verdun mural. So if people in the area know this, it was created during the uh, Contemporary Art Festival, this mural, and now it's been nominated for a major street art cities award. The mural is on the side of the Imperial Hotel in Dundalk and it shows Norman noblewoman Rohingya de Verdun who's responsible for building the Roach Castle outside Dundalk and apparently 
basically she promised her hand in marriage to the architect who designed the castle <laughs> but then she pushed him from an upper story window once oh, it was completed I shouldn't laugh but maybe not the best idea for a mural yeah. to commemorate that but anyway the mural is a big hit with people Describe it Shane. in Dundalk well that's what it, it's a mural of her uh, and basically it's kind of split between green and orange with her face in the middle it's quite a big mural from what I've seen on the side of the Imperial Hotel some of the images we've seen local people are looking at it they're very interested in it yeah. and it would seem like uh, what they want people to do in Dundalk now is cast their vote it's up for this award and uh, if it wins it'll be on the Street Art Cities website which showcases the best of street art not from Ireland not from the EU but from right around the world so it's big news in Dundalk Like where do you sit in the street art discussion? Um, I actually really like it. I yeah. think it livens up a lot of areas. That can be tasteful. If it's, done, when right. it's done right. Yeah, I hate yeah. graffiti where you just have names or slogans mm. or things like that. But if it's done tastefully, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I was coming down Angel Street there this morning on my way into work and there was a load of, I don't even know what the, it was graffiti anyway, it wasn't street art, um, you know, names and, and, and different, you know, comments and banners and stuff um, spray painted onto walls. And there was two guys there from, I'd say they were from the council and they were out and they were painting over the whole thing you know but like it doesn't like that to me is desperate but actually we've had discussions here in the show before about street art and buildings and it can it can be really tasteful. It can look really classy when yes. it's done well. Yes, and then as we've seen in Dundalk, as you've seen from Lunchtime Life, people get a real attachment to it. They actually get quite yeah. emotional about it. Uh, but the bad graffiti does look awful and it costs the council an awful lot of money to get rid of it as well. They're talking about fishing off the Aran Islands. They are, yeah, well, fishing turning into farming. This is from the Farming Independent. So there's a fisherman called John Keneally who was a fourth generation fisherman on Inishmore. Forced out of the sector like a lot of fishermen uh, with the post-Brexit regulations. So now he's turned his hand to farming instead and he has found using seaweed as the fertiliser is producing remarkable results. So he has beetroots the size of pumpkins, we're told, courgettes as large as watermelons. Uh, He also says the potatoes, he's only had one brief experience of blight. So he's had a ton yield of potatoes. He also has had enough onions, courgettes, leeks, scallions, carrots, parsnips and beetroot to feed several families and neighbours for months. So this is using seaweed as a fertiliser. Now, we know Maura Duran, presenter of the Today Show on RTE, she's from the Aran Islands and she says that you cannot beat the taste of potatoes grown with seaweed. They taste absolutely delicious and she notices a difference. So we could be onto something here. There you go. Seaweed is fertiliser. Yes, seaweed now is the magic for everything. For everything. You oh, go yeah. to a hotel, seaweed it's a seaweed bath. Your seaweed shower, shower gel is that. Your conditioner is seaweed. So apparently seaweed's the That's new That's why magic. you always look so useful, Jim <laughs> Brady. Solar powered ducks. Go on. Yeah, people love feeding ducks. Obviously, children in particular. We're told from the Wicklow people this week that uh, Councillor Mary Kavanagh and Wicklow Tidy Towns are teaming up for a new solar powered feeder for the ducks and swans in Wicklow Town. And what the duck feeder does, it dispenses scientifically developed food for the ducks and swans that keeps them healthy. Because feeding bread actually isn't that healthy for swans and ducks. They can get a condition called angel wing and their wings grow abnormally. So, what if you want to feed bread. The ducks? Yes. So you sh- this is scientifically developed that it's better food for them. What you do if you want to feed them in Wicklow is you uh, go to the machine. It dispenses bird feed for a euro. You pay for that by your card. And then a percentage of the sales goes to the tidy towns, to the voluntary group. They look after right. it. They top up the food and everyone's happy. They're great in Wicklow. 
They're always they, yes. they're always some new initiative, yes. you know. In Britain, fairness, like yeah. the amount of times we talk about stories from Wicklow, where they're the, the first. To, I don't know whether they are. The, are they the first to come up with it's this? The guy in Cork created oh, this, but I think Wicklow Cork Time story. <laughs> yeah, the but they jumped in. But sure, fair about <laughs> them. Why wouldn't they? Listen, uh, Shane Beatty, thanks a million for joining us here for this week's regional roundup on Lunchtime Live. Thank you. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.